The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchild. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall with turn four. Lock one for Sheldon Hutchild. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to Quick Time, the podcast. We are back after taking a week off. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, last week uh, we had a guest lined up. We were going to be joined with Justin Fiedler, um, kind of a last-minute deal with him. But uh, at the end of the day, I just didn't feel like doing a podcast, and uh, I think we were going to be one man short last week anyways with Brad being gone. Um, yep. Wife, wife got COVID, so I did. Stay, I, I was stay home. You, you said it. I wasn't gonna uh, throw it under the bus like that, but yeah. the Rona hit the uh, the brown brown for the, household for the fourth time. <laughs> hey, hey, get the shot, man. Oh, we, we both have three boosters. <laughs> they they're boosted, so so they don't work. <laughs> so let's not go there. Oh, no, man. definitely not going there. But uh, uh, we're back, uh, and I gotta say, you know, we're all laughing now. And Josh has been giddy all damn day, yeah. man. He's been oh, he's yeah. been uh, happier than a than a teenager seen his first pair of boobies. Uh, we got Freddie <laughs> Raymer Jr. joining the program. <laughs> Freddie Raymer, big yeah, gift. I mean, That's I've, a gift. I've been a fan of his for. And I gotta say, you know, you know, I, I say a lot of crap about Freddie Raymer Jr. You know, it's it's my duty as a, as a friend of yours to make fun of your uh, your favorite drivers and favorite sports teams and uh after the conversation we had uh i want to say you changed my mind you know what's funny is you say that but then with our football hey, hey, deal the, the interview is pre-recorded all right people <laughs> we're not doing it live all right <laughs> say, we haven't we haven't even recorded yet how are you how do you know how that is it's pre-recorded <laughs> so so but the funny thing is you say that but in football okay the bears suck the bears suck. right now but what about the washington commanders hey 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 Hey, hey. Just because we're being investigated for some shady shit right now, and our owner's probably going to sell the team, which, thank God, he's going to sell the fucking team. <laughs> it needed to be done a long time ago. And uh, maybe, yeah. maybe we can get back to the glory days. Good luck. Hey. <laughs> you know, Who's got more championships, buddy? Hey, hey. Uh, how many? I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have. More oh, yeah. Than yeah, yeah. Oh, our stairway to seven. Uh, you know, are you I a have, Steelers fan, Brad? I have, two, uh, I have two favorite teams one in the AFC, one in the NFC. NFC is. is the commanders. It's the Redskins. Let's be honest. It's the goddamn Redskins. <laughs> yeah. But my AFC team and probably my all-time favorite team is the Stillers. So, so okay, who's so both those teams? Don't ask me who's on the team year, right so now. Does my team. So yeah, because we got, we got your washed-up <laughs> has been never was a quarterback right now. Justin Fields, he's played good. No, Trubinsky. Oh, the Steelers. Yeah, he played. Yeah, he, we gave you him. Yeah, so have yeah. Fun with that. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't good enough to play for for the Bears. And what makes you think he's good enough to play for the goddamn I'm, Steelers? Hey, I'm, he used to, his, I'm used to losing football teams between the speaking Steelers of lo- and the Speaking Huskers. of losing football teams, uh, Brad, you know, since his wife was sick, uh, texting me and, uh, hey, you want tickets to take Jordan to the Husker game? And I'm like, yeah, I'll take him. You know, we haven't been we haven't been to Husker game in a while. So I uh, I told Jordan I pick her up uh, for Thursday evening. I'm like, hey, we're going to go to the football game Saturday. She's like, the Huskers suck and football is stupid. Whoa! <laughs> Ouch! So I'm like, look, we're going to the damn game. <laughs> it's called entertainment. It's something to do. Brad was nice to give us their tickets, so we went. We I had a great time. Did you get a Runza? No, I did or not a get a Runza. No, no, that shit's expensive in the stadium. Yeah. You still get it there. No, you get it. 
I, t- I get it in the drive-thru, stick it in my pocket, I take it into the stadium. It's like going to get a pork tenderloin at... Okay, I, guys, quit arguing. You look like <laughs> a couple. <laughs> but no, we had a, we had a great time. Jordan Jordan got to see... The weather was beautiful. Oh, oh my God. So I, I told Jordan, I'm like, all right, it's going to be... It's, it's November, late October in Nebraska. It's going to get chilly. Yeah. Wear some pants. We'll bring a sweatshirt. What not? She didn't even need the damn pants. <laughs> she's complaining it was hot not the races that uh, i ate last yeah time. And i ate you had to go like, buy a sweatshirt yeah. she never wore and i don't know brad if you have the same seats every game every game yeah it was directly in the sun the entire time so it was nice and toasty so yeah. we had to go up about seven rows up in the shade a couple of times yeah. and walk around uh, walk around in the belly of the stadium which uh, i've never been in that that side of the stadium since they redone it and it's awesome yeah, we're, so uh, thanks for the tickets. I had fun. Jordan had no clue what was going on. <laughs> she kept saying hockey's better, which is true. It's colder, so she she have been perfect. But well, uh, but I had a great time. She got a, she got to see the cheerleaders. She loves cheerleaders. Yeah. Uh, took her down and experienced n- not the tunnel walk, but when they came back out for halftime, we went down there. She got to give players high fives, and it's like saying it's cool as a hockey player's dad. The hockey Good. players know who I am. <laughs> well, of course, their dad's the famous yeah. photographer for yeah. hockey. Yeah. So. But but all in all, we had a good time. We didn't stay the whole game. Um, once, I never do. Once yeah. our quarterback got hurt, and I guess our backup quarterback was hurt, quarterback was hurt also, it's, we left at the third quarter. Yeah. I don't blame you. I, I quit watching in the third quarter. I went and mowed my yard. I just... Uh, I don't I do that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, yep. But no, I mean, two weeks ago, though, me and Maria celebrated our 18-year wedding anniversary. She put up with you for 18, 18 years? 18 years. Isn't that nuts? Holy I mean, cow, that lady is a saint. I mean, it's it's more funny that a lot of the people we were friends with that got married about the same time as us are all divorced. It's just nuts how it, you know, it kind of happens. But no, it, it, but our date, our date night, we went for that. Your we, one date night a year? Yeah, no, we do try oh, to do it okay, once a month. Okay. But for our anniversary... It was big. Taking a racetrack? No. Oh, we know better than that. So we started at Menards. All right. Looking at paint. Got some cheese balls, I see. Got some cheese balls, as Brad and Brandon seen. That might be an anniversary gift right there. <laughs> um, but, but And I went to Lee's Chicken, and I got a cup behind me from Lee's Chicken. They're selling them for two bucks. Two what? bucks. Pint glasses. Two dollar pint glasses. Did it come with beer? I, it, I didn't drink the beer that was in it. But two dollar pint glass. Yeah, we were probably one that's time. A hell of a I'm sorry, but what kind of a podcast are we running here? I don't know. Never mind. Hey, we've been <laughs> football date night. We've been gone. We we've we been gone for two bad. weeks. We had a lot of catch up on. <laughs> Is there a racing story in here somewhere? I did watch some. You know, racing. honestly, to be truthful, I have not watched a single race since the Outlaws at I eighty. Wow, that's oh. been a while, Brandon. I watched uh, the Kokopah non wing race last week at, uh, on. Flow. Did you watch Oktoberfest or uh, Sprintober? Sprintober. I watched yeah. that. That was a good one. Yeah, I watched that. And I was bouncing between the ASCS and uh, that race up there. Sprintober was the one up in like Jersey or whatever yes. was it was. And then, yeah. then was Coca-Cola. it Hagerstown? No. No. Babs? Babs? B-A-P-S? B-A-P-S. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was on PA. What did you think? So, Brad, you watched that race. Brandon obviously didn't watch that race. Oh, great. Now, what did race. you think of the tire issue they were having with Macri? Already had a tire going down before the race even started. There had to be something cutting it out in the track. It out was there. always a le- it, was it was a le- yeah it was left, left rear. It's those goddamn Hoosiers. That's what and it that, was. That one well, car, was I, right I don't really one know. One car cut down two of them in yeah. just a couple laps. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. That's he, what got you know. Macri but Geo didn't have any issue, and he oh. he was dominant. You, you mentioned those races. We get a text from uh, from Josh. Did you see this NASCAR last lap pass? This was awesome. Hey, even Brad said it was awesome with that Ross was Chastain. the coolest freaking 
lap I've ever seen in my life. It looked that like so Chastain found cool. a video game glitch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, to tear it, in all honesty, everyone's like, well, he tore his car up. Who cares? He just needed to get to the checkered flag. The money, the, the additional money that he's going to make by getting in the final four is, is a lot it. more than that, yeah, that uh, right side uh I was really disappointed in Kyle Larson saying it was yeah. an embarrassment. He, he was just pissed that yeah, that's just whining. He, he, he was pissed. Mad that, I didn't think he, of it first. But the thing You're is, right. Kyle's done that twice. Yep. Two years ago in the Roval in Charlotte, his car couldn't even turn, so he bounces it off the wall to, to re- head in the right direction so he can cross the finish right. line. Let's be honest, guys. Which one is more impressive, that Chastain thing at NASCAR or Logan Stevie driving it on the fence in the midget a couple years ago? Well, I didn't get to see that one. So that I one was awesome. Would, that I mean, was pretty cool, cool, too. It just those wall ride, wall riding the 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 fence basically like yeah. like you would do on a, on a skateboard or a, you know like, a bicycle like Reagan Kitchen at Eagle back in the day. No, I mean he no. was on the fence <laughs> sideways the fence. and riding that's, the fence. It was touching the fence. Oh, <laughs> now that that just proves right there that race car drivers are are a different breed. They ain't scared of anything. Oh. That's for sure. But uh, I did have something uh, I'd like to congratulate the Hall of Fame class for the sprint car guys that are going in this weekend. Uh, you got Mike Chad, Brian Schnee, and Ray Royal. Um, That's the Nebraska Racing Hall of Fame, right? Nebraska Racing Hall of Fame, correct. Um, I was looking up some stats on Mike. Uh, he has the 360 title at Knoxville, he won, and at Eagle Raceway. So, I mean, those are some pretty good good tracks to win at. And, you know, I've always been a, a fan of Mike's going back to doing the race car lettering and stuff like that. But um, he... He's always been a stand-up guy to talk to. Him and his dad, I mean, it, it and his brother, it they were always such a cool family to be around. They're they're all three in the or Knoxville Hall of Fame. So uh, Brian Schnee, who builds chassis here locally, I mean, he's one of a kind. And Ray Ray Royal is, I mean, he's a car owner, but I mean, I know a little bit about him. I mean, I know him just from what I do for a living. But other than that, I mean, pretty good class. Did you know that the the Chads started I eighty Speedway, specifically Noel? How's that? They built I eighty Speedway. They oh from their dirt built, farm. They built a quarter mile dirt track there, and then they were building a big big half mile behind it, and then ran out of money, ran out of whatever, and then the Kaziskis lost Sunset Speedway, and then they bought I eighty Speedway, and they've run it ever since. Well, I do know Noel was a. He joked he was a dirt farmer, that he used a lot of his land for road construction. Yeah, just sell that dirt off, like, man. Yeah, I mean, he's like, I'm just a dirt farmer. I yeah. sell the dirt from my land, and that makes total sense. Yeah. Them doing you can keep that. digging holes, man. You eventually, reach China <laughs> eventually. Yep. They they built a small quarter mile, and they ran some races there for a couple of years. What was it called? I was think it called it was 80 Speedway? Was yeah. it? Wow. And. Yeah, and then they then they were building a big half mile, high banked half mile, and they just ran out of money, and then they sold the land to the Kaziskis. So Dean, it was it's Dean and Mike and Noel's dad. Pull, Dean and Mike are polar opposites of the race car drivers, that's for sure. Mike's that consistent. <laughs> Dean was always the wild child of the bunch, but you still see Mike driving with a Sprint Four license plate around mm-hmm. on his pickup. Yep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know one's Mike. And yeah. he works for Speedway now, so even better. Oh, does he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but no, I think he told me Noel still goes to every race out of Eagle Raceway, sits in the same spot, eats the same food, and he just loves it. Yep, I, I see him out there a lot. But yeah, that's 
all I got for that. That's all you got. That's all you got. I've been to the Nebraska Sprint or Nebraska Racing Hall of Fame banquet uh, a couple. Have you times been? I've, I've never been. I thought about going. If you like those type of things, it's a cool event. Mm-hmm. I went last year because. Uh, uh, Mel Ernest was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and my dad was the crew chief for Mel Ernest. Uh, Dean Ward drove for many, many years, and then Kenny McCarty drove towards the end of the, uh, of the existence of that car. Uh, but we went because Mel Ernest was inducted into the Hall of Fame there. And it's a cool event if you like those type of things. That's not my type of thing, but uh, I, I, I needed to go because I got to see some old friends and and racing buddies and stuff from yesteryear from when we were at Donovan with Mid-Nebraska Speed or Mid-Continent Speedway. Mid-Continent, get it right. Hastings, <laughs> Hastings Raceway, Hastings Speedway, and then Kearney. Uh, she talk about uh, not having to travel very far. When I was growing up, every Friday night we would drive – the 30 minutes north or south to Hastings to, to the Hastings Speedway and race. Yeah. Then uh, the next night we'd go to Donovan to Mid-Continent and then Sunday night we'd go to Kearney to, to the races. So in, in from Wood River, Kearney was 30 miles. Away. So it was a 30-minute wow. drive everywhere we went for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That was heaven. That, that was heaven. That would be nice to have I don't that. know how my parents afforded paying for six people to go three times a, a week. but It's because you were 12 for 13 years in a row. <laughs> yeah. You got, got in free. free. That's probably true. Speaking of your parents, oh, big yeah. day for your dad. Yeah, big shout out to my dad, Ed Brown. He's turning 80. He turned 81 today. So uh, Happy birthday. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, he's a loyal listener to this program. Our uh, only listener. Yeah, one of our <laughs> only listeners. Uh, I love you, Dad. I hope uh, it was a good day. I, you just called me a little bit ago, and I'll call you as soon as I get done taping. But uh, I, I, he's not in the best place uh, he could be to to have fun for a birthday. But uh, but uh, he's uh, he's keep plugging away and get healthier, and uh, he'll be back to new before we know it. So uh, happy birthday, Dad! Yeah, definitely happy birthday! Yeah, happy to, birthday uh, to the patriarch of the Brown family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the legend to the show, Quick Time. Yeah. <laughs> Our one listener. I mean, <laughs> wait, Our one, one yeah. listener. We have more than one That's listener. True. I mean, we've got a couple guys who listen to the show. We're, we're adding them up. <laughs> All right, guys. Obviously, I didn't watch any races. We kind of breezed through the races you guys did watch. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back. We'll get Freddie Raymer Jr. on the phone. Sounds good to me. Dirt Empire Magazine is the ultimate dirt track racing only magazine in the world, featuring interviews, opinions, event photos, tech, and 100% racing action. Each issue includes late models, modified sprint cars, and more. Big event photos from the best photographers in the sport, and great one-on-one interviews with the top drivers as well as grassroots racers. Pick up a copy of Dirt Empire Magazine today at select tractor supply stores or other area retailers, or get your subscription today at dirtempiremagazine.com. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced. And usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen. All right, guys, welcome back to Quick Time, the podcast. We are joined now on the phone by your 2022 Lincoln Speedway track champion, Freddie Raymer Jr. Freddie, how's it going, man? How are you doing tonight? 
Uh, pretty good, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on here. So, uh, track championship. Uh, we saw that you got six wins out there. Um, pretty good. Pretty good uh, season in there out at Lincoln Speedway. But kind of just run down um, your your entire season overall. I mean, I know you ran uh, Lincoln. Uh, Williams Grove, Port Royal, off and on, and numerous other tracks in that area. But just overall, how did your how did your season go for you? Uh, it went pretty well. We still have one left next week at, at Susquehanna. Um, we didn't go to Charlotte this year. Um, it went okay. Not what we were hoping for. We had points when we ran, were running pretty good and consistently top five, top three, and uh, and passing a bunch of cars and stuff. Uh, at Lincoln, we ran pretty well most of the year. A couple nights, we dropped. The, I dropped the ball, and uh, first, it was our first year together with Rich Eichelberger and my dad and everybody that helps us out, our sponsors and everything. And uh, we didn't run as as good as we should have at Williams Grove in his car, and uh, we also ran my car probably fifteen times at places like Bridgeport, uh, Seals Grove, Port Royal. Hagerstown once, Grandview maybe once, I think. Stuff like that. Mostly racing for Rich and Nancy on Friday night and Saturday at Williams Grove and Lincoln. We went to a couple different places like Port Royal in his car. And uh, we were fast in our car. We didn't win. Uh, we had some good runs at different, at all of them, Port and uh, Susky and Seals Grove, Hagerstown. We ran pretty well for the most part. We did a couple things different this year with our car. So, some things we could learn for next year, or we did still got one left with our car next week, but it was okay year. Not, not what I wanted. We, we did run pretty well at Lincoln. So that, that was good to win the points for, for rich there. And, uh, went some races, not as much as we wanted, but stuff we can definitely work on for next year and, and keep building as together, um, uh, starting, starting from starting up this year. So, you mentioned Grandview there. Uh, how stoked are you to see that that track's going to be back next year after uh, Copart pulling out of their, uh, their yeah zone, their zoning yeah. issues out there? Definitely. I don't know what the deal is if it's just on hold or like it dropped, fell through maybe or but either way, I'm excited that we get to run there next year at least once. Hopefully, a couple more shows. We always go there for Speed Week, and it's usually a packed house because they don't get sprint cars down this way much, which is that's close to our house, about 15 minutes away, and. uh we always run good there. I won an all-star show there and had really good runs from the back, 18th to 2nd to one year during Speed Week and uh, passed a bunch of cars at an all-star show one time and time, typically time well there and raced pretty good, real good. So glad that that's not over with and uh, hopefully it keeps going for many years to come. We'll see. But my dad and grandfather both raced there, so that was pretty cool to win at least one there. Hopefully get another one next year or as as long as they they keep racing so well us being from uh nebraska we're not familiar with grandview what kind of a track is that is it a bigger track or uh, is it, uh, i was uh, it's, it's a third mile track or it's about the same as lincoln it's the same gear as lincoln except you go about a good lap time tom charles about 11 8 11 9 wow. when the air is good wow, it's so, yeah and it's it's a tight racy it's a uh, it's a little more crashy than Lincoln or like, uh, I don't never been to Houston's, but maybe it's similar to that. I would say. Okay. What would you say out of the Pennsylvania tracks that you do, that you run, would you say is the best for you? Like fits your style of driving the best? Uh, typically, uh, we run well at Lincoln. My best track though is Williams Grove, which we was disappointing how we ran there this year. 
but I'd say Wayne's Grove and Hagerstown because you got to be, they're about the same track too. Hagerstown's a little bit smoother than, than uh, Hager, Wayne's Grove is usually, but you got to be pretty tactical and move around at the right time during the, the feature and maybe hit the bottom. Uh, racing has changed though. Even since I started, this is my eighth year, seventh or eighth year. And from when I started and the way I was taught the race of, of being, keeping the back of your mind till the end of the race, you're going to have to move around and watch your wheel spin and, and look for the moisture strip of maybe coming to the bottom or mid, the middle. That's, that's really changed since, since I started and, and since helping my dad and, and Stevie and everything, it's became where mo momentum is 95% of everything. And even sometimes the worst part of the racetrack is faster carrying speed than maybe trying to stop and go and hit moisture. So that's changed since I've even started, but, uh, them tracks, but honestly, when we do everything right, we run pretty, we can run good at, at any of them we go to. We, we really run all the races around Pennsylvania. We go in Maryland and Jersey Bridgeport's a, a new one that they just redid about two years ago. And that, that place is wicked fast. We raced there last weekend and that's probably almost like sh as close to Charlotte as, as we see around here. So that it's, uh, it's, it's good. We get to go to them places. Uh, Hopefully we get to travel a little bit next year. I think that'd make me a better driver, but we'll just see what happens as it goes on. You say travel a little bit. You just named off like 30 different racetracks that you raced at this year. <laughs> all so. in the same area. So all in the same area. Yeah. You guys are spoiled yeah. out there. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, we drive two hours from where we live to like central PA every weekend to Harrisburg area. But once you get to Harrisburg, Williams Grove, Lincoln, Seals Grove, Susky, all, all the tracks out there, Port, Seals Grove, they're all within roughly an hour of each other, even Hagerstown, which is in Maryland. Yeah. I mean, if you live in Harrisburg, you definitely spoiled for, we're, we're lucky to be able to race. You can run 70, 80 races and hardly, you know, a couple hour, you hardly drive at all. I mean, our friends in Ohio, they, they race a lot less and have way further hauls between even Friday to Saturday and not, not nearly as consistent races as we have here. So, is is Lernerville a long drive from where you're at? Uh, I would assume that's about four and a half, five hours okay. from here. I've never got the race there this year. We, we were there was one race, I don't know when it was in July or something after our speed week. We were considering going to, but the way something happened at the end of speed week, so we didn't end up going to that one. But hoping next year we can. And you, you mentioned all those tracks. We got Knoxville like three and a half hours from us. Uh, yeah, Hugh said exactly. four hours from us. It's <laughs> yeah, you guys are spoiled. Well, we had I eighty Speedway, but. So rumored is Copart's buying them, and and so maybe oh, they're man. back out just like they did Grandview. So, fingers crossed. <laughs> well, what's it? Uh, some of the people I watch from out there and, and follow and stuff, they uh, they'll run. Well, just like that, Clint Gardner. I'm watching him. I don't know him at all, but he drives a long ways to Knoxville on Friday for Saturday race, and then back to Houston maybe on Sunday or yeah, something. Yeah. But it's a long. A, There's a lot of driving between, it's you know, five, five and a half hour drive. If you're going to do Houston's to Knoxville. Yeah. Then you had guys. Yeah. Like, that's rough. Yeah. Then you had guys like Mark Dodmeyer driving from Grand Forks, North Dakota to Knoxville, which is like a 13 hour 13, round 14, trap. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That. Well, why travel to Lernerville if you <laughs> don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to go that far. <laughs> There's just some bigger races though. That would make sense to go to, but yeah. I mean, Williams Grove is on a Friday night and pays really well. So, that's where we always end up going. Yeah. Did I hear you correctly that you're running next weekend too? Uh, there's one at Susquehanna. It's like the final race of the area that 
they always have it every year. So it used to pay 10,000. I don't know if it does anymore, but so this weekend we're off and cause we didn't go to Charlotte and we got that one either next Saturday or Sunday, depending on the, the weather, I guess. So you guys race from February to uh, right before Thanksgiving. That's, that's, yeah, a hell, we, long, that's a hell of a season. Yeah. We won the opener at Lincoln. That was like February 22nd or 28th. And then November 12th is the last one. So, so yeah, I, it's a long year, wow. a long so season. I, I did have a question. So, you know, I, I do a lot of, with racing with like lettering cars and stuff like that, but oh, okay. I've been around a lot of basically a lot of guys that have gone into what I call the hall of fame here locally and, and at Knoxville. Um, one of the guys that I'm friends with, uh, JJ Riggins has a grandson named Josh Riggins. And, you know, I always used to talk to Josh, you know, what's it like growing up in the shadows of your grandpa? And he always tells me the same story. He goes, my grandpa never made me feel like that. I was always curious, you know, what was it like growing up with your dad being, you know, Fred, the Fred Raymer, you the know, badass that he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I would say it's similar to, to your friend there. Uh, never really thought of it that way. If anything, it's a, it's a really good in a lot of ways for, all the experiences he's gone through that he can help me through. And we, I mean, we do it together. Like he's one of my best friends, if not my best friend, no matter, you know, so we do it all together. We work at the track together during the week and, uh, don't really think of it that way. There's he's, what he did was amazing. And I'm, I'm really glad I got to help him. Um, since I was like 10 or so. And his last year when I was older, we ran, he ran really well together. We did one national open in the points and ran, won some good races. And, uh, I was glad I was older and got to be a part of it then and have such a, a good year. And so, you know, it was different when I was younger cause you didn't, it's, it's a different feeling to be a part of that. So no, I don't really see it that way at all, but there's a lot of good things because of relationships he's built up through all the years and that we continue and, and there's a lot of things I want to do on my own that he might not have done or just, so we just work at it together and I don't think too much on that side of it anyway. You mentioned that he won the uh, national open that final year. I believe that the only time in history, everybody in PA was a Raymer fan when that happened. Yeah, that's the truth in 2013. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, uh, that was incredible that it worked out. We ran well all year there and we ended up winning the points over Greg Hodnett by five the next week that, they don't do it anymore, but there's one race following the national open. And, uh, yeah, so that, that was pretty amazing. And it, a lot of the, we ended up timing just good enough to be on the front of the dash. And I think we won or in second in the heat. And then they used to draw a pill for the invert. And if it was heads up, we, if they were to draw zero, we'd start eighth. Well, they ended up drawing an eight and we started outside pole. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a heck of a night. Like it was like if you could have wrote a, a cool movie to way to to end racing there and all the wins he had in championships, that would have been the perfect ending, definitely. <laughs> you mentioned that they used to have one race after the national open there at Williams Grove. Do you wish they still had that for you get another crack at Dietrich for that championship this year? Uh yeah, I would say. But honestly, we didn't do a good enough job to win the points. Uh I mean we worked really hard and uh, Rich gave me really good equipment all year and but it just, so we had good runs, different nights, and then there was nights that just things went, some issues, mechanic, like some stupid issues to completely wreck the night that we couldn't rebound from. So 
we got to eliminate all that for next year. And it was very disappointing to lose that, but I, I don't know that we, I deserve to get it this year, the way we raced. So or ran, but just put a little more fire there to, to win more, to win and run really well there next year. And hope, hopefully I have a good shot at the points again. There you go, Josh. There's your answer. After after that race, I got a text from Josh saying, "This is stupid that they have a points night when the outlaws are in yeah, town." Yeah, that was one of my conversations. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I wish they didn't. I wish they. I don't know how you would do it, but that race is such a big one. Hopefully, it'd be nice if you didn't even have to worry about them points. Because a couple years ago, I was leading over Marks and Dietrich by like a hundred, not much, like a hundred some points. And Friday and Saturday, either three of us could have won. And Friday, the first night I ran third and locked them up and didn't have to worry about Saturday. But it's still in the back of your – it's hard enough to go to an outlaw show as the mentally not, and not get too – you know, not get too messed up with dealing with that, let alone – and points. And it's a big deal. It's an honor to win those. Plus, it pays really well. So, you you want to – if you and you want to win it so somebody else can't. So, th- there's a lot going on there with them points at th- that time of year. So I was always kind of curious, do you, like, when will the next time we see you at Knoxville for either the Nationals or a big event there? I'm always kind of curious. Um, Hopefully next year. I, I would have liked to go on this year, but we weren't, the way things were going and starting out with a new team and stuff, it didn't make sense for us to go next year. But I'm hoping we really prepare well this winter like we, we always do and are running, running good and uh can get out there either in our car or his or whatever makes the most sense and start getting more experience out there. I'm hoping this year. That brings me up a, a question. You, you say you run the eight car of, I've, you said Eichelberg? Yes. And then your own car, the 51. How do you determine which car you're racing where? Is is the eight car locked in at Lincoln and then your car is other tracks? Or how do you um, decide what where you're racing? Uh, his this year was his car on Friday nights at Williams Grove and at Lincoln on Saturday. That was basically set in stone. And then like Speed Week, we divvied it up a little bit. And whatever makes the most sense. If there's a week that something happened the previous one, and he we need a week a week to regroup with that car or whatever, we did it that way. But the main thing is to get to get uh, to the point where that's the main priority. And then we run our car when when we can, you know, we got want to make sure Rich is happy and do a good job for him. And then we, we have a lot of good stuff and a lot of people helped us. So, and we don't like to miss a race. So if, if he's not running, we, we go there on a Sunday, a different race here or there, but his car is mostly Friday, Saturday, and then which is 90 or 80% of our schedule anyway. So then we just figure out the rest from after that. I'm, I'm not sure what we'll do next year. I, I'm assuming it's the same, but we'll figure it out here in the, in the off season. So with next year, speaking of uh, the high limit series, how much do you think we'll see you in some of those races? I don't know how far this way they come east. I, I think most of it's in the Midwest, but yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I, we'll have to see when that comes out, but I just see what happens. I would like to, you know, the main thing is getting, we didn't do, didn't do as well as we should this year. So we got to focus on what our main there's so much good racing here. It's silly to leave home and and uh, to give away the opportunity to, to run well at our races and the big paying purse. I mean, every Friday night pays at least 5000 to win here. So, um, But 
but we'll see what's going on. If there's a midweek race that we could go to and I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if it made sense, but I also work full time. So got to do a good job for my, for that also, but we'll see if there's anything that would make sense to go to. Well, good lead way into my next question with what you just finished there. Uh, uh, I, I don't know your dad at all. I've said never, never a word to him, but I've watched him from afar because being from Lincoln, Nebraska. But I've yeah. read in magazines where uh, he would always wake up and drive into, I forget what town. He, he worked at a like a body shop or something. He'd work his yep. ass off all day, and then he would come home and work all night on race cars. Uh, so that's, that's a heck of a work ethic. And I assume he instilled that in you. What is a, an average day for Freddie Raymer look like? Uh, you said you have a full-time job. Uh, what is that full-time job? And then how do you make time to work on a race car uh, when you're not there? Um, I went to school for mechanical engineering. So at Penn state, I graduated a couple years, whenever it was 2018 or something, I believe. And, uh, so I work at a place real close to my to my house, but uh, as a as an engineer, they're doing drawings and uh, assembling covers, all kinds of different projects, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that, layout work. So that's that's eight nine hours a day typically. And then uh, the thing with the, this year was the first time racing for someone else besides my dad's car. So, but basically every day of the week, it's either working here at our shop to prepare or going up to his shop's about an hour and 45 minutes, two hours from here. So either head up there twice a week or whatever we have to do, depending on whatever we have to do, be prepared. But if I'm not there, I'm just working our shop and, uh, you know, work till whatever, start at seven till three thirty or six to three thirty. What I know what's going on. And then either drive up there and get done, get home 11 or whatever, just whatever it takes. And my, my dad's 60 some years old. And he's still, uh, he'll do whatever it takes and push. He always pushes me and he doesn't have to push me. Cause I, I'll do, I work pretty real hard at my real job and, and I'm preparing for racing. And it's, it's like, even, you know, we're winding down here, but I really look forward to coming home and working in the shop. Like that's as much fun as racing them for the most part. But, uh, so it, it's nonstop though, because we race a lot compared to a lot of other areas and people some for the most part and to be prepared, you could, you could work on these things you could nonstop and still, still should be doing something. Cause if you're not doing it, somebody else is, you know, that's the way we always thought of it. You mentioned, you mentioned your dad there is, is up there getting up there in age two and there's gotta be something in the water up there with Davey Brown being however old, however old he is still wrenching on race cars. It's, it's gotta be something in the water that has that passion for you guys. Yeah, I would, I would say so. But a lot of the guys I race with now, not just knowing them somewhat, there's no way they would have the work ethic to do, to do what that some guys like my dad and several other people in, in our area and, and all over the place, they just, there's, there's only one way to do it in their mind and they just never stop, you know? So, I, I think I'm part of that, that more of that, uh, age or gen generation or whatever. Uh, I'm 26, but I think I'm more old school that way. Definitely. than than some of the, the younger guys uh, around, I think, but I, it doesn't matter. I just, we just do our own thing and, and not worry about that stuff. So I, that kind of leads to my question. So away from the track and away from the cars, what do you do for fun? Do you hunt? Usually out there it's hunting, fishing, stuff like that. Uh, I used to hunt a lot, um, 
when I had some more time, like when I was in high school and, and stuff and college maybe. But honestly, doing stuff for fun, I do any, me and my girlfriend, Erin, do a lot of different things together. She's been big into running marathons and training with that. So I'll, as preparing in the off season to fitness wise, I'll do stuff with her like that. I, I never ran a marathon or never could at this point, but I'll <laughs> run with Brad, her. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, do things like that. And then all the family, you know, the holidays and all that stuff. But basically if, even if we're not racing them, basically they're working on race cars or I don't know. There's not too much else really. There, there's not a lot of other stuff. I'm, I am a triplet though. So it's nice to just, just spend time with my family and siblings and we go mess around, you know, just hanging out with them. And that's about it really here lately. There hasn't been too much time to, to hunt and fish like that, but that, that is the stuff we enjoy to do in the off time. Okay, I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm not asking you this question because I want this to turn into anything negative, but rivalries are good for the sport, and your dad always had strong rivalries when he was competing. Is there a rivalry that you have with, with a driver out there? And I know you and Dietrich had a couple of issues this year, but um, do you have a rivalry that that uh, uh, out there on the track is, is – I mean, you want to beat everybody. I understand that, but is there somebody out there that you – uh, and you don't even have to name a name if you don't want to, but is there, is there a rivalry out there that's building between you and somebody else that uh, is just making the fans enjoy it even a little bit more? Um, in my mind, when we show up to the racetrack, I don't even think about it, but uh, definitely with D their Dietrich, I don't know what his, what his side of it is or whatever. If he just, I don't, I just don't think he might not like, for some reason he might not like my dad from racing with him or whatever it is. Who knows? I don't really care, honestly, but uh -huh. something with him, I would say there's definitely a rivalry. And this year was some of the worst of that. And, uh, I, if you guys were late, were around here, you would see, I don't even leave our trailer hardly at all during the races. I'm just go look at the racetrack, come back, do a lot of the work on the car throughout the night adjustments and things like that. But definitely, so I, I do my own thing and don't even worry about that. I don't have social media at all. And, uh, You're a smart but I would man. Say, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but no. definitely, definitely would be him. Uh, not, not too many other ones. I like a lot of the people that we race with and even someone like him, he might be a rival and we run well at the same tracks, especially Lincoln. We race hard with each other. I respect them very much as, as a driver in the race car. Not much, too, not too much else after that, but definitely a lot. I would say we're rivals for for whatever reason. Well, I appreciate you answering that because uh, I, I was I was always a Sammy fan, and I, everybody knows that Sammy was Brad. hated by half the people. But uh, the Stephen Sammy and Wolfgang rivalry, the I mean, your dad had a rivalry with uh, Keith Kaufman and others. I mean, I just think rivalries are fun and just it's more oh, for, yeah, it's more for the fans because you you sell T-shirts from it and stuff. And yeah, that's I the mean, reason I asked. Sometimes they get fired up because you you they think two guys might hate each other. Meanwhile, back in the pits, they might be laughing together about it. They might not even care, <laughs> yeah. you know. But that's that's all good if people enjoy that. It's all it's all good. I like ninety most of the people I race with because we're all of the same interest and you're there for the same reason. So it's generally not all the people at the racetrack are all really good people. So yeah, 
Well, I mean, that's kind of a funny story. So, like, when I was telling you about J.J. Riggins around here, back in the day, him and Lloyd Beckman uh, had a huge rivalry to the point where uh, it was kind of more comical. J.J. would take the point where everyone hated him, but everybody loved Beckman. And so it was – there was a shirt that he made a long time ago that said – he made it, you know, off to the side. Somebody else was selling at the racetrack. It says anybody but Riggins and sold sold out of shirts like two different weeks in a row. And then he won the race. And he goes, just let everybody know in the crowd that you're the shirt you're wearing. I just made all the money off of that. And he, he got so many boos. And it was, he goes, but that's what a rivalry was, is it was, he was always told you have you have the the one everybody's gonna like and one everyone's gonna hate and yeah was, but that's, yeah, that's just the way that's it is. What it's all about yeah. Well, back in uh, in the not early nineties or late nineties or something, my dad and Jeff Shepard used to have a good rivalry, especially at Lincoln, because Jeff Shepard was kind of local to that track. Well, they had a bet if the one one or the other one would win. The other one had to come to victory lane to, to congratulate him. And, <laughs> nice. you know, you know, if you were the one that didn't win, you were obviously pissed off that you didn't win or obviously, or whatever happened. And then you got to walk all the way over there and congratulate that guy. That's that. Was, but it, it was all, it was all good fun. They, I, my dad hearing him tell the story a thousand times, he, it was fun for both sides of it yeah. in, in the end, you know, years later. That's so pretty cool. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Josh on the hot seat here. Yeah, uh, since we're talking um, about stories now. Yeah, we're. Oh we're, no. <laughs> uh, Josh is a big fan of yours, and he reached out to I believe your girlfriend to try to get you on here. Yes. Yeah. I, I want him to tell the story that he just told me before we started taping about why he's a big fan of yours. So, so Josh is going to tell you why he's a big fan of yours. So, it's not creepy or anything like that. It's no, kind of funny. it's not creepy. <laughs> so back in the day, I used to go to the nationals every year with Knoxville, me, Knoxville nationals and me and my brother and, and your dad was there and you were probably really young and we were at a uh, pizza hut and we were sitting over in the corner and I saw your dad there and you guys were all there eating dinner and, uh, all of a sudden, we just hear out of nowhere, damn it, Freddie, eat your spaghetti. And it was just like in that twang and that accent was like, wow, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and That's ever funny. since that day, it was like, I mean, but like I told Brad, I go, a lot of reasons why I like the Ramers and I like the PA guys is back in the day, you didn't hear much about you guys besides just the hearsay around here in the Midwest. But to me, it was cool to see kind of the underdogs come into town or when you'd have the posse versus the outlaws is I always rooted for the underdogs and it was, that's what I enjoyed. And so I've always kind of followed your dad a little bit towards the end. And, and I definitely have always followed your career because you know, why not? He's a Raymer. I'm like, yeah, I gotta watch definitely. that. And then with your brother um, doing exact same thing I do, it was pretty neat to see his growth in, in my business that I do. So to me, it was, is almost a perfect match, but that, that one time pizza, even my brother will remember it to this day. And it's just, it just, the way it sounded and everything, it was just hilarious. <laughs> now Josh is, yeah, I remember, I think I, I think I remember that day. I, we were, I we were really that. young and we almost, I think my parents about took my mom about got the three of us out of there. For some reason, we must've been acting up or something, but <laughs> no, no, that's funny. Small world. Uh, but eventually, uh, my dad had pretty good success. Like you just said, coming, like back when he was racing, not it wasn't even long ago, but you didn't have like you can s sit at home and know everybody in the country because of all the streaming services and all that crap. But 
so you didn't get to see him race as much, and he'd go to guys like that, Lance and, and uh, Kaufman and stuff, would go to Knoxville and had a really good shot to run well in at the Nationals and stuff, and he fortunately did won a couple of preliminary nights and had some good runs on Saturday. And uh, that's eventually that's what I would like to to get to it. That you know, the the main thing is to run here and, and get as many wins as, and championships and all that stuff and be in the hunt as much as we can. But look looking uh, long term, I'd like to have success at them other tracks. I I know we can at some point. We just got to get out there and uh, get with it, and it'll make us better when we when we run our normal stuff too. You mentioned your dad out there at Knoxville running and having some successful runs. Do I remember right that your dad was the one on speed on the live TV? Uh, yes. And that he's yeah, going to run the it. shit out of it? Yeah, that was like 2005 <laughs> or six. Yeah, so I, I, I think uh, Dave Augerbright interviewed him or talked to him in the parking lot on the way in that night. And he said, can you just, I think he told him, can you just say exactly what you just said to me? Like the same conversation because he must have enjoyed it. And uh, he ended up saying that in the pre-race <laughs> interview, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was for some reason I just that being a younger kid when when that race happened, I just remember that I go, that is awesome. The racer, <laughs> racers telling you how it is. That's what that's that's one thing that I like about about dirt track racing in particular is that I mean, if you look at Dietrich, I mean, I'll use him for example because he has no problem telling you how he feels in one one single bit. So, well, and how yeah, much, that's how much would you say you're like you you're pretty calm and quiet compared to what your dad seemed to be. I mean. How much did you learn from maybe I shouldn't say too much just because you know the backlash sometimes that you can get, you know? Uh, maybe a little bit, but I think that's just more personality uh, all the time in general. Don't really say a whole lot, but uh, definitely from my, being my dad told me a lot of good things and both my parents and the whole family, but uh I just like to be more quiet and reserved on on a lot of things. Some sometimes even this year I've said some things that in when I was upset and probably shouldn't have said it. And you just when you think about it and you calm down a couple of days later, you're like, oh, that's probably pretty stupid. <laughs> so you're better off being quiet, I think. And that's probably one of the hard things about being in racing is, you know, you have a full time job. You know, we have a life. People have lives away from a racetrack and. You know, you, you get it kind of amplified if you say something wrong or, you know, the next day it's all over the Internet as opposed to, you know, back in the day you could say what you wanted and it was just hearsay. It wasn't, you know, spread everywhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, some of the good things back before all that stuff, I think people might have respected others more because either just got it straight now right away or whatever happened, you know. And uh, now all that stuff seems to fester and all the people – that's the nice thing about not having social media. It might, you know, people that are close to me will read some of the stuff that other people are saying back and forth. And I don't even pay attention to it, but it all festers and it's all builds on itself. And at the end of the day, if you don't look at it, it don't matter. But, uh, back before all that stuff, there's a lot of good things to social media too, that draws people to the races and, and grows the sport in different ways. But before all that, either people got it straightened out and, just move ahead or whatever it i don't know it seems like it got, got better uh i don't know it seems better before all that to me anyway i, I agree i think people are tougher on the keyboard than in face-to-face -face yeah and and, and, and and it's not even about being tough it's just and i think people respected drivers might respect each other more because they go in there and will say something stupid and you know you 
people get all fired up and but when you go out there i mean you could get hurt or or really injured so all that stuff is just a uh in that side is more of a distraction anyway yeah. so i just stay away from it so going back to kind of the history of Raymer uh racing uh what is the meaning behind the 51 why 51 um my that's what my dad was when he started and his his father also my grandfather I don't know where the 51 came from in the first place, but that's where it started. So that's what I became. And then, uh, my uncle, my dad's, my grandfather's brother was 52. And, uh, there was another number, no one too, but I don't know where the 51 came from, but we always had that same font. It's my brother does the lettering, but it's a pretty neat looking five and a one. And that's close to what it was back pretty early on so we always stuck with that well that and also the 88 because i was talking to brad before the show i was like was the 88 is that a raymer car or is that a different car owner i think brad says a different car owner definitely Harris. different car owner. Yeah. my dad raced for joe Harris when he started in 86 his first year in sprint cars coming from modifieds and then later in his career from like 2000 2005 and won 34 races the one year with his car and he's actually my godfather and the 88 comes from, that was his birthday, August 8th. So that's why he was 88. <laughs> and then my brother, when he started racing, he were always close with them. And he just liked the number. So he just, that's what it ended up being. Well, you can definitely tell he's a graphic designer because that 88 car seems to change the design about every couple yeah. of weeks. Like, it's like, oh, let's try something new. <laughs> yeah, he, he had some trick-looking uh, cars for his business. And, and he like he's into that. You know, he, he had a couple silver red and white one an 88 one he was he races for someone locally now here too but he always had a pretty nice looking car well i mean lately so like probably this last couple of weeks my nephew started working for us and he's wanting to do design race cars and i used brandon a couple of times only for the simple fact that i was like here's here's difference in just kind of area and how people design stuff and you know, it's, it's amazing how you can change a car, you know, like the yellow 88 to, you know, now it's a black 88 and it just, the, the different colors make it pop and change. Oh yeah. Even if the, the style isn't, isn't that much different. Yeah, de definitely. But he, you, and I'm sure just, just like you, he's, they're good at knowing what colors and schemes go together to change that up like that. Well, but then you have the classic cars. You have, you know, your 51 car is iconic. That's what people remember. You know, when you think of a Raymer car, you think of that. And it's so cool that you guys have always kept it the same way, pretty much. I mean, you change pretty it much, here or there, yes. but yeah. The Not much. Stays, and from when Stevie ran it, uh, you know, to now, it's basically the same design. And honestly, a lot of the reason we do that is because you have spare wings and bodies left from the year before. It's nice when you... <laughs> do the next year and and everything matches up pretty nice <laughs> not exactly the same that's a big reason we do that it's easier to sell t-shirts when it's the same number and car <laughs> yeah definitely so it, it's it makes it easier because uh we like we like to take a lot of pride in how the thing looks and keep trailer clean and very organized in the cars and it just works out better doing it that way for us uh i told my brother this off season maybe he could do a car Maybe similar colors, but maybe in chrome or change the design up a little bit, but still keep the, I like the basic and simple design that stands out nicer. He, his cars are a little more busier most of the time, but they, they look nice in that, um, just in a different way though. 
I, I'm with you. I, I like uh, I like that some of the busier cars look pretty cool, but I like plain and simple, like Brian Brown's car. You can you can see who his sponsors are. Your your car, yeah. Uh, you can see your sponsor, and that's that's I like simple. I'm a I'm a pretty vanilla guy. I like simple, and uh, so uh, one of the best ones was Andy Hillenberg's car, the two, the black yep, two, yep. which is similar to, to Sammy's, Sammy's TMC car, and they were buddies. So that, I like that kind of, but yeah. that that's that's super cool. So probably the gold leaf then. <laughs> About the last thing we have, and this is more of a comment than it is a question. Uh, I, I travel a lot with my job or my former job, and and I got to stop by a couple racetracks there in Pennsylvania, Lincoln Speedway, and and Williams Grove. Uh, my bucket list is Port Royal, but man, the tracks, just the atmosphere and the surroundings of those tracks in Lincoln, you guys have those tunnels that you can walk under to get in in the infield and uh, into the stands and, and the trees. Gosh, at Lincoln, I don't even know how your your rigs fit through some of those roads. You got, you're driving through a residential area to get to the racetrack and then all of a sudden there's the racetrack. But uh, um, you guys are, I, I, and I, I, you said it earlier how fortunate you guys are, but you guys are really are fortunate to have that many cool racetracks and in, in a close proximity and the atmosphere and the, the, the way of where this, the track sits and stuff was just really cool from my experience with Lincoln and, and, and Williams Grove. Yeah. The, and the one, the one neat thing about that, like you said, like say you come here for Pennsylvania speed week as a fan or one to race, but you can race so much in such a small area. We ended up staying at one hotel because we live a hundred miles away from there, but we stay at this one hotel right a couple minutes from Williams Grove. And every track's within 50 minutes, all eight or nine races in a row. You know, it's, so it works out really, it's, it's pretty cool. And then especially Port Royal now, they've changed it so much in the last whatever amount of years. Yeah, It is very nice facility. The racing is different style than what I like. We're starting to get, we've won races there and good races and good runs, but it's very top around the top dominant and, very high speed even when it's really slick so we don't it's a little bit different than my style but that place is beautiful all the facilities around they, they do a nice job we're re- very lucky to race where we do yeah for so. sure well Freddie, before we gotta let you go i gotta confess a little bit as as josh's favorite driver uh you're josh's favorite driver just like any professional <laughs> sports team, I got to give him crap every time you don't win or something bad happens. So I do it. Yeah, it, it's, oh, it's, he does. It's it's my uh, priority as a, as a friend to give somebody <laughs> crap when their sports team does not yeah, win. Yeah, that's what it's all about. But I think, I mean, I, but I think talking to you that uh, you converted me and Brad to fans of yours. Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> well, I hope oh, I hope next year and and next week we got one left. Now, hopefully you don't get as much crap from them. So I hope I get it done a lot <laughs> <Thank> more. You. <laughs> you know, I think we can win 10 or 15 races, uh, not easily, but very capable of doing that. Yeah. The most I've ever won was 10 in one year. This year we didn't win as that many, but we're going to do as best we can in the off season and week to week to make it happen. I know we can, so I won't, Try not to let you down. Hey, so, hey, so six, six wins in, in a in a stout field area like Pennsylvania. Oh, no it's nothing to slouch. Yeah, nothing to uh, slam your head about. Yeah, we'll keep going on it. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on here and, and all that stuff. Yeah, so. and the guys can't complain because last night when I got the, the text from your girlfriend about how hey she's coming on, I I was sitting there watching the show. Me and my wife were in in what I call my race cave, and she, all of a sudden I go yes, and she's like, "You really like that part of the show?" And I'm like, "No, not really," but. Freddie Ramer's coming on his show and 
So it's funny. I told the guys, I texted them like, oh, got big news. Freddie's coming on. And, and guess what? I'm buying you guys pizza. So I bought pizza for him tonight. <laughs> What's it? Uh, eventually, uh, if you ever have an open, you have to see if my dad will get on here. Oh, if, that'd if be you, a blast. Yeah. Yeah. We but, would love to have your dad on at some oh, point. That'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe but, uh, maybe in the so-called off season we might be able to do that. They have an off the, season. The, the three weeks they have a, for an off season. That's PA. why I said so-called. Hey, you just might have to call earlier because he, <laughs> he <laughs> a little bit earlier. So, <laughs> all right, Freddie, uh, thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, good luck next week as you wrap up your season, and uh, hopefully we see you at Knoxville next year. Amen. Yeah, we'll see you at some point, guys. Uh, nice talking here. Yep. Talk to you later. Good, thanks, good luck guys. Next thanks week. a lot. See you. That was fun. That was uh, fun. Freddie Raymer awesome. Jr. on on the show there. Uh, Definitely, uh, definitely made a fan out of me and Brad. I think. I thought See, it I was. A, I thought it was a great interview. I thought he, he did really well. I'm still gonna give you shit though. I'm still gonna give you shit. <laughs> you know, his girlfriend told me when I talked to when I was texting with her. He's like, she's very down to earth. He'll tell you like, you know, tell you what he wants to say. It's, and he's not gonna hold anything back. And, you know, we hit him with some pretty hard topics that I don't think I've heard any other podcast ask him anything about. You know, rivalries or things like that. And he. He explained, you know, what it is and what it what it isn't, and I I just I applaud him for that. But after after some of the information we just found out, I don't know how you're a fan of his. What being a Michigan fan, him being a Penn State guy, him and Logan, <laughs> I tell you, I mean, what, what's the deal there, bud? Him hey, and Logan, they go to school together, or it's what? It's just a piece of paper. <laughs> no, but I mean, in all honesty, he he is exactly the way he comes across when he's at the racetrack and you see him and he gets interviewed. Um, he's he. He was fun. I mean, he answered all my questions. I had, I literally had written down twenty questions, and and I had <laughs> narrowed down to ten. So it, he answered all of them. Well, that was that was pretty cool. I mean, that was damn near a forty-five minute interview. So uh, I think we could have went longer. Pre- too. Probably could have. <laughs> Appreciate him uh, taking time out of his night to uh, to to come on this. Uh, measly podcast it's a break it might be a break from working on the race car it sounds like it could be but uh speaking of breaks let's take our last break we'll come back and we'll wrap up the show hello and welcome to the amazing pizza machine omaha's award-winning play and buffet experience with over sixty thousand square feet of indoor food and fun first feast your eyes on this our amazing buffet is packed full of delicious choices and is super convenient for families groups and folks of all ages Yes, pizza is our middle name, but our unlimited buffet has so much more. And for the 21 and older club, we serve beer and wine available by the glass. Our amazing arcade is one of the largest in the Midwest and is something for all ages. With over 170 of the latest and greatest video and arcade games, as well as rides and attractions. Voted Omaha's best family entertainment center and best place for birthday parties, the amazing pizza machine is the perfect destination for any celebration, and we hope to see you soon. Join Stars photographer BA and Off Ice official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. We'll re talk with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni. Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink just before the buzzer. It was something special for sure. I don't, I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was. Uh, a great rich history for hockey here in Lincoln but uh, I was I was really happy to see the fans come back in droves and and be such a great supporter for us I might have to throw my roommate on the bus uh oh I think Sato doesn't have the best tape jobs he actually just spray painted all his sticks white uh, on the bottom of them I think uh, he's copying some some NHL or he's looking up to but I don't know. I think it's dusty. I think a lot of guys think it's sick, though. <laughs> to let him in penalty minutes, back before they handed out those little 10-minute wussy misconducts on everything, with 265. 
Thunderstruck the podcast all season long, right here on the Anchor app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I, I am along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president Andrew Goldman. It yeah. went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that <laughs> added. To the, I want that added. <laughs> shaking your head now for i'm agreeing with you because oh. he has absolutely killed us this year well so far finger guns has meant sam shut up so yeah that's that's not helping i'm trying to process okay check out the dump and chase podcast every wednesday on western reserve radio youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts listen that like was frightening All right, guys, welcome back to Quick Time, the podcast. Josh, I got it right that time. Don't have to edit this yes. one out with the other podcast. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap things up here. Uh, that way we're not into an hour and a half show like we've done before. Um, some big news. We found out locally that uh, Junction Motor Speedway is back in 2023 uh, after taking last year off with some health issues with the, with the owner, I believe it was, yeah. and uh, just basically the guy that just runs everything there from the track prep and probably – Filling hamburger buns. Um, so it's, it's nice to see JMS back. Uh, Josh, you were talking about kind of kind of looking ahead to see what kind of classes they're going to run. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't think there's going to be anything different from what they've done in the past. Um, Have they ever had any big shows out there? Uh, the World of Outlaws. World of Outlaws. The greatest show on earth. They did come to JMS. And, and the, they used to be uh, the Tuesday after nationals. Yeah, And the other series before the uh, Gum Out series. The Gum Out series. Gum Out series has Slick been there. Um, the SCRA, the Sprint Cars of California? SCRA? The CRA were there? Yeah, the wingless guys. They've been. They I know were, they've had midgets there before. They've had midgets there before. Um, the Nebraska 360 sprint cars has been there. Yeah. Ooh, I've seen those. So they they but do run some sprint sprint stuff here and there. Um, they ran the Outlaws like four or five straight years after Knoxville. Um, they they always hope to catch some California cars on the way back, right. but I think by the time the Knoxville Nationals are over, they're just depleted and. They rarely got yeah, it's a, a long week, yeah, they, and they people just, are burnt out. And they well, just now you have Houston's right after not the Nationals. Yeah, so I the mean, crowd really. the crowd was always good, but the, they didn't get very many cars. So, so but, I, I I don't know. I'm I'm sure you're going to see maybe the sprint cars out there. I could see the the IMCA uh, 305s out there next year. Maybe they'll run some 360 stuff. I don't know. You don't think they'll run a weekly 305 class? Uh, do no, you like on a Friday night? No, no, no. 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 Eagle guys don't travel. You know this. Yeah. Hey, Stu would be out there. Okay, Stu. Choo choo. Knox, Maybe Knoxville guys. No, why, but uh, it depends. I mean, Stu goes out to Denison on Friday nights. That's true. They used well, to. Used to. They well, yeah. The person. yeah I, I know, out. but you know what it's, I mean. They they have that plan to go out to Denison. I mean, Denison runs Friday nights. Yeah. JMS is closer. It's a late model track. It's going to be a late model track. They're yeah, not going to run. Spring that makes cars. sense. They want fenders instead of open. Well, air. and and among <laughs> other things. I mean, our, our, we don't get enough 360s. No. There's not enough 360s to, to hold shows over there. Uh, they just don't get a, a good 360 support. Hey, look at there. that. Our buddy Sam just won the so, heat race. 
Um, and I, and the 305s, I mean, maybe they'll have a couple special shows there. I don't know, but uh, they're not going to run sprint cars very often there. I don't see anybody other than Eagle running sprint cars weekly. I, it'd be Agreed. nice if someone did. I mean, yeah. if you look at a little PA, so what we got done talking with Freddie, I mean, I mean, junction three, to, four nights a week out there. Junction, nice. to, junction to me, it's nice to hear another track's coming back and not another track leaving. I mean, talking to Freddie, like we just did it, it's been great to have him, you know, to, I couldn't imagine if you live where he lived to not be a race car fan. I mean, to have all those racetracks within basically an hour to a little over an hour away. Um, that to me would be heaven almost. Yeah. And I've never, I don't know. McCool Junction is just a hard place because there's, you don't have a big city to draw from. I mean, you got York, but York isn't that big. What about Carney, Grand city. Island? Carney's, that's a long drive. From that's a long Grand drive. Island? Grand Island would be about an hour, about yeah. an hour to Junction. Yeah. York York is pretty much halfway between here and Grand Island. Yeah, yeah, and it just uh, it's just tough. And then um, they change the configuration of the track. I mean, we don't know what kind of schedule they're going to have. They they gave no hints to the. Uh, they just posted on Facebook that they're going to be back next year with a twenty twenty three schedule. Um, so I hope for the best. I hope they they make a good go of it. And I really hope they have a couple special sprint car shows there because we're not going to get to see sprint cars in Nebraska for very much next year. And unless you go to three Oh five at Eagle or you go down to Kansas and go watch some, uh, that wouldn't be in Nebraska. So, look, we were spoiled 20 from my house to I 80 was 22 miles. Yeah. So it, we're spoiled. Hey, hey, how far is it from your house to Eagle raceway? Uh, I don't know. Drive's, drive's truck doesn't go to Eagle Raceway. <laughs> it doesn't go to Eagle. Anymore. So, um, so I don't know. I mean, it's going to be tough. Next year for me, it's going to be really hard for me to get 10 sprint car shows in because it's... You can do that in uh, 10 weeks out there at Eagle Raceway, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Let's go to PA for two weeks. And you can probably <laughs> PA get for all two that. nights. <laughs> my, my boy, Mike Peterson, uh, called me the other day and uh, um, just out of the blue, and I really appreciated him giving me a call. We just had a good talk about his health and my health. And, and he said that, uh, he's going to have a pit pass for me next year to ride the, riding the push truck next year, one night. And Do so it. have you ever I'm, ridden the push I truck with them? Never have. It is a blast. But I think uh, if there's a, if there's a Friday night or a Saturday night where my wife is gone doing something, I might take him up on All right. and just pro tip, and pro tip right here. Do it on a chilly night. That way you stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, but you need to be in the, like, when they had the winner of the 305s, had Brad, Brad stand there with the checkered flag, like, hey, I came. Hey, that's the flagman's job there, buddy. I told him, I go, I'm going to ruin my reputation if you if I'm seen out there. <laughs> James is going to take a picture with just him. Just stay in the truck. Stay in the truck. <laughs> All yeah. the so, up. <laughs> but that's pretty cool. I mean, so if, like I said, uh, um, if my wife is gone for some reason, I, I'll probably make the trip out there just to see what uh, this is all about. Again, I've, I've been there multiple times, but from a different perspective, riding a riding the push truck it, with it Mike. It's definitely fun. Yeah. I could take, I take the digital trip out there on my TV. Does that count? No. no. Dang it. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so anyway. But my other question I had that I think Brandon disagrees is, do you think Junction would take over Silver Dollar, dollar Nationals? Were they going to part 10,000 Well, it'd fans. be in Nebraska, though. Yeah. You yeah. said you think they're going to Knoxville. I think... Knoxville makes the logical choice to go, but Silver Dollar Nationals are in July. Are they really going to take away a sprint car race at Knoxville yeah. and run a late model show? Probably not. Yeah. But if you're looking at facilities that can hold the play, hold hold the the event that Joe wants it to be, yeah, 
Knoxville's probably your top choice right now. And Joe, Joe, the only hint he Houston's said is could be. He said I mean, it Houston's has to be a models. facility that will hold that amount of cars and the amount of fans that they need. And there's not very many of those. Yeah. Lucas Oil Speedway. I think that's too far. That's and too they already far. Lucas Oil. And, and to be fair, Lucas Oil has a Crown Jewel event already. Yeah. Oh, true. And, yeah. and so I mean, so does Knoxville. They have the, yeah. the lay model Knoxville Nationals. Yeah. But Houston's, I think, would be a good good thing to do. I mean, they ran the late models there on a whim last year, and the racing was awesome. Yeah, true. So, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see the the Silver Dollar Nationals being in Nebraska at all next year, unless a miracle happens, and I don't think that's going to happen. And ID stays open, but well, I don't know. I saw that they're selling the one off T shirts that they have left in yeah. the uh, the uh, bottom of the barrel right now. <laughs> yeah. and I think uh, not. I eighty's all but said and done. Well, was, Joe said that they're not running. They're not running I eighty next year, yeah. no matter what. So, didn't he take over like a series job, like a like one of the late model classes or something like that? No, Joe, Joe has always Joe? ran these SLMR series. Yeah. Oh, he has always. Yeah, ran? Okay. always been Joe because I know he talked about like he's just going to focus on that yeah. now as opposed to doing a track and stuff like that. Nope. But. Yeah, Joe's always been the uh, the head late model SLMR SLMR guy out there. Um, so I continue. I can see that continue to be the uh, premier Nebraska um, series in late models right now. So, yeah. and who knows? Maybe you might see those late models at I not I eighty at Eagle Race <laughs> at Eagle Raceway because uh, it's been a while since we saw late models out there at Eagle, and uh, they've always put on a good show. Yeah, maybe it'll be a late model. Uh, 410 race with the high limits you know there you go could Intent. be <laughs> could be we can wish we can dream yeah we can dream all right with that being said uh we will see everybody uh maybe next week or uh, whenever we decide to do another podcast <laughs> exactly <laughs> so uh we'll check everybody out later so let the people